0: You're listening to hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go well, and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. Or if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. It has been popping so many new inquiries over this weekend. You guys are ready to get the tea in this new year. Well, as much as I love all of the pics that you've been sending me of you in the new merch, you've also been sending me pics of you sipping on some no-filter rosé. It's a lightly fizzy, crisp, dry rosé that I designed with my partners at Elix. We designed them in four fun cans inspired by some of my favorite, most iconic housewives moments, including I'm ready to mention it all. Now tell me who gon' check me, boo. I'm ready to flip a table and I stole Kim's goddamn house. You can order them now at nofilterwine.com. They pack a punch at 14% alcohol by volume, but they've got less than a gram of sugar. So if like me, you've decided to give up sugar for the month, then there you go. You can still enjoy some No Filter Rosé on a nice Friday. Well, happy Monday. Happy New Year. Head over to NoFilterWine.com to stock up right now. I hope you had a lovely uh, end of 2021 and welcoming into 2022. I know I enjoyed my weekend. I enjoyed it with my family and on the Instagram. I got a little Liddy City, a little too little Liddy City, let's be honest, um, and had a gnarly hangover on, on Saturday morning which was not fun I was like the exorcist just like you know Living my best, living my worst life, actually. Let's let's be honest. It was it was quite the vibe. But I survived and I am alive. Um, quick reminder, we will be doing Bravo Book Club this Tuesday live on Instagram at New to with Zach, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. So if you want to close out the final three chapters of Lala Ken's book with me, give them Lala, then be sure to have your copy handy and read those last three chapters because we will be breaking them down on Z- Instagram this Tuesday. The rebroadcast will be available on the podcast this week as well. The first three, the first two parts are up now, and parts three and four will come out on the YouTube this week. So there you go. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, and hit that bell notification button. Oh God, you guys, what a what a weekend it was. We had some engagements. We had Andy Cohen getting, you know, a little a little messy, a little petty spaghetti. We had a great episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and OMG, we also have Brandi Glanville and Tamara Judge spilling some tea on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season Two at Dorinda's Manor. All of which we'll be breaking down today. So get ready! Let's get ready to rumble. Also, I am—I'll probably share details about this on on Wednesday's episode of the podcast, but I am going to be doing like a thirty-day or maybe a 21-day sugar detox. If you guys want to join me, I'm going to, like, be giving up sugar. Most people are giving up alcohol. And, like, cool, cute for you. You're going to be doing dry January. I'm going to be cutting sugar because, for me, one, I love a good no-filter rosé on a good, you know, Thursday night live. But... I just, for me, the issue is sugar. I always get bloated. I always like get gut issues. I my face gets puffy. My skin, you know, isn't so cute. And sugar also is one of the biggest contributors to hangovers. So, I'm going to be taking pure cane. You guys know I've talked about them in the past. It's a uh, zero calorie sweetener that doesn't have uh, any sugar in it. It doesn't have any carbs. It's delicious. It is zero calories. It's it's incredible. Um. But yeah, so stay tuned. I'll give you details on that on on, on the Instagram and on a later episode on the podcast this week. But just heads up if you're looking to kind of cleanse from the holidays, I'm going to be doing one. So if you want to do it, slide into my DMs and we can do it together. Okay. All right. So where, okay, so let's start with the douchey engagements. Okay. So Luann, Countess Luann's ex, Tom D'Augustino, and Vicky Gunvalson's ex, Steve Lodge, are both officially engaged again. And no, not to each other, although that would be, you know, quite the fun plot twist, right? Wouldn't that be a cute vibe if, you know, Steve and Tom just decided that they were going to run off and be gay lovers together and have like a threesome with Harry Dubin? Cute vibe, perfect headline for Radar Online. But as much as I wish like the, the, these two would be like settling down, I'm pretty sure that Tweedledee and Tweedledummer are likely going to be going. You know, they're gonna they're gonna be spreading their they're gonna be pop socketing their coccyx all over town, like the gentlemen that we know that they are. So sad news for Vicky and sad news for. Luann. actually, I hope luann doesn't give a shit at this point. I hope luann has happily moved on and doesn't even think about Tom anymore. Even though, does she still live in the apartment across the street from him? I hope not. luann this is going to be your year to get some r-e-s-b-e-c-t okay? Pretty girl, magic. Let's get it. Congratulations to their lucky ladies. I'm sure you'll have a many weeks of your very happy marriage. Love you, mean it. Kisses to the coochies. Um, I need to stop saying that. That actually sounds really gross. I. I don't know why. Kisses to the coochies just like rolls off the tongue. Um, But yeah, whatever. Let's talk about New Year's Eve because that was feisty. So we had lots of different New Year's Eve shows going on. We had Andy Cohen and Anderson on CNN. We had Ryan Seacrest doing his Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. What was that on ABC? And then um, we also had Miley Cyrus also hosted her own New Year's Eve celebration along with Pete Davidson, which... Okay, that was, I'm actually not bothered by that pairing. Um, I think that they kind of, I mean, obviously Miley Cyrus is way more famous than Pete Davidson. And Pete Davidson obviously, you know, has a huge dick. But, like, you know, I, I just feel like they balance each other out in a very strange and bizarre way. And they both, like, love to wear chipped nail polish. They love, you know, really bad blonde bleached, uh, bleaches on their hair. They, you know, wear very eccentric outfits. Like they just are very similar vibes. So I thought it was a cute show. I mean, Miley Cyrus showed off her little boobies, which, um, I'm sure the internet loved. I actually think Miley Cyrus looks great. So I didn't mind her giving us like some of that side boob. Obviously, she covered it and we didn't see any nipples, but like when she went out to perform, party in the USA, she had this little teeny tiny, itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini. No, it was like a, a mesh silver top that was like holding on by a thread literally until the thread snapped and then all the beads fell. And then she had to like cover her boobies and then had to go the bubbies. She had to go backstage. And then she came out and then she throws a blazer over it. And like the bubbies are still kind of exposed. But like I thought it was a hot vibe. Like if I were Miley Cyrus, I'd be showing off the Bubbies too. But obviously we don't want to like get fined by, you know, what was it? The FCC? Are, are those the ones that sued Cardi B for showing off her big girl coochie? Isn't that an Elizzo song with her when they did that together? Anyway, Andy Cohen is in some hot water, though, because he got very litty city on New Year's for his broadcast with Anderson Cooper. But boy, did we love it. I love mess. And he was the mess that just like delivered a great New Year. So first of all, he shaded Mayor de Blasio, which rightfully so but he also shaded Ryan Seacrest and his group of losers performing. But like, let's be honest though, New Year's, the Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve with Ryan Seacrest, like the lineup was rough, okay? Like, first of all, who were the, the co-hosts? We had Sierra, okay, fine, cute. You know, she wanted the paycheck. Is she still doing music? What happened to Sierra? Is it Sierra or Sierra? Sierra, this B is automatic, supersonic, hip. Not a funky, fresh, work that body. Um, But we also had Liza Koshy, which I mean, really? Are we still trying to make Liza Koshy happen? Like, she's fun. She's fun, right? She's like, does cute, like, guest co hosts on, like, cooking shows on Netflix. They're like, really trying to make Liza Koshy happen. And she's funny. Um, I personally enjoyed Jenny McCarthy more. I know she did it for like 10 years. I also really enjoyed Fergie more than I enjoyed Ciara. Um... Sierra's fine, but I just, I don't know. She doesn't really have much of, like, that personality that we kind of love. That I think Fergie, Fergie really brought in the personality, even though they didn't show her off very much. I know it's been a couple years since Fergie's been on, and I think this is, like, the second year without Jenny. But we even lost Lucy Hale. I don't think Billy Porter came back. So I just, either the budget was, like, really low, maybe we weren't doing a show in New Orleans. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to Ryan Seacrest's show, because, like Andy Cohen said, they... It was nothing but a bunch of, like, losers. I mean, losers is not a very nice term. But, like, come on. It was rough, okay? You guys, we had Ashanti and Ja Rule, which, you know, was a cute throwback moment. Fine. Always there when you call, but I'm always on time. I gave you my all. Now, baby, be mine. It was a cute throwback moment if that was the only cute throwback moment we got. But we didn't, because then we also have Avril Lavigne and then we have Travis Barker, and she's singing, he was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. And I'm like, doesn't she have any new songs? Or are we still doing Skater Boy from like 1999? Like, what's going on here? What What's next? Stacy's mom has got it going on. But no, then we bring in Daddy Yankee. Daddy, 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 Daddy Yankee. Which also fun. But like, I was listening to all of these songs in 2007. Like, that's when they had a moment. Um, or maybe even earlier than that. I feel like some of these songs came up before. But Daddy Yankee was having his moment in like 06, 07. And then on top of that, we had a fake journey. Not even, it was like a faux journey. It was not even the real journey. Which, like, honey, I'm sorry. I stopped believing at that point. No, thank you, ma'am. Sorry. Nope. Next. <sighs> it was a rough one. And I agree that Andy Cohen... <laughs> it wasn't very nice to call a Ryan Seacrest' show a bunch of losers, you know, because... I mean, everybody on on Twitter is already calling like Ashanti and Ja Rule has been losers. But um, I don't think there has been losers. I mean, we love always on time. I gave you my all. Now, baby, be mine. But like this lineup would have been perfect for like a throwback to the 2000s concert festival. You know what I mean? Like a wine festival with some throwback talent. You know, like when Salt and Peppa and NKOTB and who are the other ones? And Paula Abdul, like when they all come together and do like a mixtape tour and boys to men. Like that's a fun vibe, but it's not the vibe that you necessarily want to be ringing in a new year. Like the last, like like, who's, who was like the orchestrator behind the lineup this year where they're like, you know what? 2021 and 2020 were just shitty years. Like, let's just take it back to like the early 2000s and like make people forget about this past year, which I get if that was the intention, sure, cute got it. But at the same time, like, not what we want. Like, for a throwback special, cool. New Year's and Eve, nah, homie, I'm good. They're going to have to bring in, like, Mariah Carey didn't even perform this year. And she always performs. Even when she doesn't perform, she still performs and delivers. <sighs> anyway, my rant is over. Um Andy Cohen did issue an apology, though. To Ryan Seacrest, I believe it was today, or maybe it was yesterday. But he basically said, like, if anything, that was his only regret. He clearly doesn't regret calling out de Blasio, which good for him. Um, And then he doesn't regret embarrassing Anderson Cooper, which good for him. Anderson Cooper loves to be embarrassed. Although it was funny because there was like a moment where he was kind of like, you love food in bed. And Anderson's like, what? And then Andy's like, oh shit, I wasn't supposed to reveal that Anderson Cooper loves food in bed, which means he probably likes like whipped cream on his nipples where, you know, his hot lover can come and just like lick it off or maybe like hot chocolate drizzled all over his chest. I don't know what Anderson Cooper's in, but clearly he's into food. Or maybe he likes like uh, eggplants in the bedroom. You know, like, let's, let's play naughty, but like, let's not get sex toys. Let's get food. Let's get like a banana. You know, I don't know. I don't know what people do with food in the bedroom. To me, it's just a little too sticky. But anyway, there are rumors that Andy Cohen is being banned by CNN. I believe not TMZ. Who was it? Uh, Radar Online. You know the most credible source. I'm pretty sure Lisa Vanderpump leaked this story to them. But Radar Radar Online ended up releasing a story about Andy Cohen, and they have an alleged source from CNN that says that no decisions have been made for next year, but Andy Cohen is definitely going to be banned before the new before 2023 comes in. And I'm like, really? Like, come on. They're not going to fire Andy Cohen. Like, this is probably the one show, aside from Miley Cyrus showing off her bubbies, this was, like, the one show that really, like was trending on Twitter and it wasn't even the show. It was Andy. Like Andy was trending on Twitter because people loved his messiness so much. And like, let's be honest. CNN is like, you know, heavy news that we kind of want to balance things out with something kind of fun. Like people need to, people that spent the entire year fucking watching CNN needed to get Liddy City with Andy Cohen on new year's Eve and catch a fucking break. Okay. So I'm in full support of keeping Andy Cohen. And I will sign the change.org petition to keep him where. Yeah. I will sign that petition. I don't like signing change.org petitions because I don't think they actually do anything. And I think it's really just a bunch of people feeling important about themselves. But you know what? I will support this. I will support Andy Cohen. But he's not getting fired. Like, let's be real, you guys. Andy Cohen is not going anywhere. I'm pretty sure they're going to bring him back for next year. If anything, I was talking to my friend Jess from Hot Takes and Deep Dives about this and she was like, yeah, Kathy Griffin was way more controversial than Andy. He would like she would like pretend to be giving Anderson Cohen or Anderson Cooper blowjobs on CNN. And like very true. Kathy Griffin really danced on the line and really pushed the limit. Andy Cohen on the other hand, he's a little more reserved, you know, he knows how to play the game. He's a producer at Bravo that like he knows how or he was vp of development and now he's a producer on all the the housewives franchises but or most of them or no i think all of them but like andy knows how to play the politics game which is probably why he ended up coming out and and apologizing to ryan because he wanted to salvage that relationship with ryan secrets he didn't directly apologize but he's like you know if i regret anything it was calling ryan secrets show a bunch of losers even though they were but you know i regret saying it out loud even though we were all thinking it that wasn't his real apology, but that's what I wish he would have went with. But he said that he regretted calling them all a bunch of losers. But speaking of not losers, I will say we do have to give MVP, the MVP of NYE, New Year's Eve, for people that didn't get it, MVP of NYE. We need to give it to the brave woman who was on CNN. And they asked her, they're like, ma'am, what are you leaving behind in 2021? And you know what she said? She delivered the best line of 2022. And she said, no more broke dick. And the guy's like, what, huh? And she's like, no more broke dick. She like, she repeated herself several times on television. She said dick, broke dick on television several times. And when they weren't getting and when the guy wasn't getting it, she was like, no more penis from a man that has no money. Snap, snap, pat the puss. Yes, that is the energy that we're coming into. Countess Luen, if you're listening to this, well, actually, Tom doesn't, he's not broke dick, but, you know, he's cheap dick. You know, we don't want McDonald's dick. We want, like, good whole foods, USDA, organic, certified organic prime meat, okay? we don't want no cheap dick. We don't want a a Big Mac dick. Like, yeah, sure, it's big. And yeah, it may be filling and it may come with some fries on the side that are a little salty and and good because we like a little salty vibe. Actually, no, we don't like a little salty vibe because usually when salty vibe comes in, it means like the balls are salty and that means that they've been, you know, sitting without a shower for a little too long. And we don't like that vibe. But anyway. We like the additions that come with it. Because she also said, she's like, the issue with broke dick is that it's good dick. She's like, that's the problem, is that it's so good. But we need to get rid of it. No more broke dick. No more barista energy, okay? And again, I know I say barista energy, and that can be shade to baristas. And trust me, some of the baristas are fucking hot. If you go to some of these coffee shops in LA, you'd be like, oh, hey, baby, you want to meet me in the bathroom? Um, But when i say no more barista energy i mean no more energy from like guys that don't know what they want that you know are working just to make ends meet because they have no ambition they have no goals they have no dreams they listen i will take a micro penis and some big ambition and we'll make it work okay well, actually I don't like big dicks big dicks scare me but I know people love big dicks um so but there are like you know the, the the extends that you can add on to the to the penis there are toys that you can bring into the bedroom we don't need to discriminate against guys with little dicks okay but we are gonna start discriminating against guys with broke dick no more broke dick no more homegirl knew what the vibe was about for 2022 and I support that I will sign the change.org petition for no more broke dick okay? That's the vibe that we're going into. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am rich. I am that bitch. And I am not going to eat no broke dick. That's the song. That's that's going to go on my wall right here. That's the mantra for 2022. Okurr. Okay. Okurr. Okay. Should we talk about Real Houses of Salt Lake City? Because that was a juicy episode. And next week or this upcoming Sunday's episode looks even juicier. It's Miss Juicy, baby. So good. So good. It is the chaotic hot mess express, and I am living for it. So, first off, you know, we we start we kicked off the episode from, I guess it was, uh, like finishing off the the coattails of the pho party that Jenny hosted, where she was yelling at Mary. She's like, Mary, you're a liar. And Mary's like, I'm not a liar. And she's like, yeah, you're a liar. And Mary's like, hold on, calm down. You have slanted eyes and they're so pretty. And, and, and Jenny was like, what? You're racist. And so now we have Meredith and Mary, and they're coming together for like a meeting of the minds I like Meredith, but I don't know what's going on with Meredith this season. The fact that she's picking, like, Jenny – sorry, not Jenny. The fact that she's picking Mary as, like, her go-to confidant and, like, her allegiance to her, it's, it's strange. But anyway, so she's talking to to Mary, and then Mary's over there pulling a, a Brandy Redmond and, like, mocking Asian people with her bad accent. Um, and then Meredith's like, we're not do- – can I please not have this in character? I like Meredith, but what is Meredith doing? I don't understand her allegiance to Mary. Why are they friends? I don't get it. Why is she defending Mary's cult church? It's strange. It's unnecessary. Like, what does Mary bring to the table as a friend other than some Louboutins? But we'll, we'll get, we're will we'll we get going to get into the Louboutins, okay? We're going to get into the Louboutin boots in a minute. But we also had Jen Shaw this episode, and she was like, you know, she has a cute little scene with her mom, and they're like in the kitchen at the table, and she's still trying to convince us all that she's innocent, which... Okay, hear me out, okay? Just hear me out. Hear me out. I'm not defending her. Don't drag me on Twitter. Just hear me out first. I don't think that she's innocent. Let me just say that. I don't think that she's innocent, but, 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 okay? Everyone that came after me for, you know, trying to break things down with Erica... I hope you all are coming back from with your actually keep your pitchforks and shove them up your ass. Okay, I don't think that Jen is innocent, but I think I understand where she's coming from and why she believes that she's innocent and also why like her mom is now and her family is now convinced that she's innocent as well. I think in her head and based on her background of like not really coming from us much and having to kind of be a hustler. She's always been a hustler and she's always been very ambitious, okay? So I think when you're raised and you don't come from money, you kind of have an ambition to beat the odds and there's like an expectation to go beyond what you had. I know I have that that same sort of like ambition um, of like, I didn't come from money. I didn't come from jack shit, you know? I we you know constantly would hear people talk about being poor and, you know, we had cars repossessed and talks of like the house almost losing the house. And like, I remember like those conversations and hearing those things as kids. So it made me very ambitious to the sense where I wanted to be more successful. I wanted to break the stereotypes. And even my mother, I was having a conversation the other day where she's like, you need to start like investing in property. That way your kids can have property in the future and blah, blah, blah. And you need to break the cycle and break the chain. And I'm like, got it. Yes. Cool. So there's that mentality that you have that like when you when you are a minority and you don't come from much and you weren't raised in money, you want to achieve more. Now, again, I'm not trying to defend her, but I'm just trying to understand like where like is it delusion? Is it ego? Like what is it that's convincing her that she's actually innocent in all of this? And so I think the ambition of providing a luxury lifestyle for her family, it kind of got away from her. Or she possibly like got a taste of it and then maybe got a little greedy. I think it's ego and I think it's ambition. And I think those two clouded her judgment and she made some very poor decisions. But I believe that it was in pursuit of providing a better life for the people that she loves around her, specifically her family. I remember when I had... Uh, Erica Gabriel on the podcast, I believe, last week, who is a spiritual medium, and she's like, she loves and she read the energy around Jen Sean. She's like, she loves her kids. She loves her family. But she definitely made a big mess of this. And she is a mastermind. But it's possible that she may have done this in an abundance of love for her children. And she read kind of that whole situation. Now, I believe Jen made one hell of a mess. And that's also what Erica said, that she made like a big mess of it. And she was the one in charge of it. And she was kind of the mastermind behind it. But that's not to say that I excuse her behavior or excuse her actions because they're completely inexcusable. Because like, hello, the feds, Homeland Security, it ain't cute, honey. We're not going to even pretend that that's like, you know, remotely okay. But I think that this is why she truly believes in her own innocence is because she thinks that she was doing it for the right reasons and based on her good girl reputation or past because she always says like I never even got a parking ticket or you know I've always been so good I've never had any issues with the law I don't know if I believe that because we know that the feds have been investigating her for a while so even though she may have not been directly caught I believe there were situations surrounding her but I don't know I I I, d- I think because of her good, good girl past, though, she believes that she could never commit any of the crimes like this. But I think she danced a very fine line and now she's clearly slipped over that line and into the inside of a federal prison and behind bars probably soon. Um, but it, it doesn't make it right you know, that she wanted to provide a better life for her family. That doesn't excuse her actions at all. But I believe her intentions probably started off as good. And it just, it snowballed and it got away from her, you know? And she's wrong. She's definitely wrong. Uh, And I think the worst part of it is she has a big ego. The whole Shaw amazing, and, you know, should we call Kim Kardashian? Like those sort of comments, not good. Not well, bitch. Not well, bitch. I think the ego is definitely making her more unlikable. You know, I think had there really been some redeeming qualities about her, had there been the possibility of innocence in her, had she not had such a big ego, I think it would have been possible that she could have won over the audience. And I think it would have been possible that, you know, she wouldn't be getting... The backlash that she's she's getting, even though now that I think about it, she's not getting the same backlash that Erica got, and Jenshaw was fucking arrested. But that's neither here nor there. I just know the situation. Jenshaw not well, bitch. And you know who else is not well, bitch? Mary and Jenny. So we also have the moment where Jenny decides that she's going to call Mary out for her comment about the slanted eyes. And then Lisa Barlow also brings up the moment referencing where Mary references the Mexican cartel in relation to Jen Shaw, who's a who's an alleged criminal, all while, um, you know, Jenny's trying to return these Louboutin boots that Mary gave her in veil. Now, listen, at first I was like, shit, hell no. I'm keeping those boots and I'm going to wear those boots proudly. I have no issue. I don't have too much pride to rock a nice pair of of Louboutins. I will rock them and I will wear them and I will wear Mary's money like that. I'll be like, I don't give a shit. She bought these for me. I'm going to wear your money and I'm going to flip you off while I'm wearing them because I don't like you. But that doesn't mean I'm not still going to enjoy myself a nice pair of shoes. Okay. That's how I went into it as I was watching the episode, as you, I'm sure saw if you were watching it break down on Instagram. But when I found out that they were a re-gift from Mary's closet, I was like, "Uh uh-uh. No way, Jose. These were from your closet? Now I got some pride. I got some pride like it's June and there's a gay festival going on outside, a parade going on down the street right now. Now I got some pride, okay? You better believe that I'm not going to go quietly and I would return the shoes just like Jenny. Cause not only were they originally from Mary's closet cause she wore them and she didn't like them and they weren't comfortable, but then she was thinking of just tossing them off onto Jen Shaw and then Shaw, Jen Shaw happened to get arrested, happened. Yeah. She happened to get arrested. And so she then decides that she's going to give the shoes to Jenny instead. It's like, so not only is this, already a gift, a, a thing from your closet that you just didn't like and we're going to toss out, but then you were going to give it to somebody else, and then because somebody else didn't show up on the trip, now what, I'm not only your, cur- your, your charity case, but I'm also your courtesy gift? Uh-uh. No way. Nope. No thank you. But I will say this. You better believe before I throw them back at you, I'm going to scuff the bottom of those red Louboutin shoes, those red bottoms. I'm about to scuff the shit out of them. Okay, maybe I'll even wear them and take a little picture in them. Maybe not. I don't know. You know, for the gram, and then then I'll return them. But, like, I'm going to return them with scuffed bottoms. That way, you can't give them to anybody else, nor can you go and return them. Okay? No thank you, ma'am. Nope. Next. <sighs> I'm not some... <laughs> Listen Mary, I am not some hand-me-down bitch that's going to be somebody else's regift. No thank you, ma'am. I am the primary gift. I am the head gift. I am I'm not even the Nordstrom you know, or the Saks Fifth Avenue pair of Louboutins. I'm Louboutins from the store with a a glass of Veuve Clicquot in hand as I'm shopping, okay? That's the gift that I deserve, Mary. That's the energy that I'm coming into. No more broke dick and no more re-gifted dick. Thank you very much. Swipe left. The next episode of Salt Lake City, though, does look incredible because we see the Jen Shaw versus Lisa Barlow fight on the bus. And it's just it's picking up, you guys. This season is great. Last episode with the pho dinner or the pho lunch. Great. This episode. Great. Next episode. Can't wait. Salt Lake City is just getting great. And I can't wait to see where it goes from here. All right, Brandy Glanville uh, and Tamara Judge were spilling some tea about Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. So Brandy was on Two Teas in a Pod, which is Tamara and Teddy's new podcast, Teddy Mellencamp and Tamara Judge from OC and formerly of or formerly of O. C and formerly of Beverly Hills. So Brandy opened up about her latest falling out with Kim Richards. As we know, they were all besties and you know they were they had the alleged threesome. Um but so Brandy says that Kim just hasn't really been there for her and that she's always taking care of Kim and that every time Kim needs her, she's there for Kim. But Kim wasn't really showing up for her this year and she really needed Kim this year. And Kim just, you know, wasn't really reaching out or trying to be a friend to Brandy. And Brandy's like, you know what? It just faded away because I decided, like, I'm not going to keep reaching out to her when I need her to be reaching out to me. And I mean, I get it. Friendships change and evolve and eventually, you know, things things like fall off. You know, you lose touch, you lose communication. I understand where Brandy's coming from though, because sometimes like when you have friends that you're really there for, and then when the tides turn, you need them to be there for you and they just can't be. That's tough. Sometimes I think you have to understand that sometimes your friends just aren't capable of being the friend that you are to them. And you either have to be okay with that or you have to let it go. And in this case, it looks like Brandy was willing to kind of just let the friendship go. She says that she still texts with Kyle more than she texts with, Kim but we'll see she also says she's not coming back to Beverly Hills because apparently she's like no they they just want to keep me as some side bitch and I'm not some side bitch like give me a diamond or I'm not going to keep stirring up the drama for you because they owe it there's not a lot of drama and they always just bring me in when they want to stir up some drama which is true and it's what they did with Camille it's what they do with Brandy and I think Camille and Brandy are like nah you either give me a diamond and make me full-time and I'll deliver or not because Brandy and and Camille always delivered season one would not have been as great as it was or season two without Camille and season two, three, four, and five would not have been what they were without Brandi Glenn. But, I mean, come on, she slapped Lisa Vanderpump. She did the checkmate bitch. She did the, the t- Kyle tabloids. She fought with Kyle over Kim. She did the, um, that at least I'm not doing crystal meth in the bathroom all night long, bitch. She revealed Adrian's surrogacy rumor or not a rumor because it was true, but She revealed that like Brandy was always stirring up some drama and some tea. She called out Taylor Armstrong for writing a book so soon after Russell died. Like literally Brandy delivered as did Camille. And I think when they've brought them both back, they've both delivered since then as well. But these ladies deserve to be paid. Bravo. Give them that paycheck. Money by Monday, Randall. But she also talks about Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2, which takes place at Bluestone Manor in the Berserkshires with Dorinda. But she says that she had the least amount of fun with Dorinda and with Vicky Gunvalson. She also says that she's a very fun drunk, which I, I mean, I guess Brandy is a fun She's a sloppy drunk, is what she is. It can be fun. It's fun until it gets a little too sloppy. But Dorinda, she says, is not a fun drunk, and she doesn't even she says that she's she doesn't seem to be a big fan of Dorinda. Um, and she says that Dorinda probably doesn't even remember what went down on ultimate girls trip season two, probably because she was so plastered. And she's like, she's trying to pretend that like we're cool and we're friends. And I'm just like, do you know, remember what happened in the berserk shirts? No, thank you. Thank you. Next. But she said that she had the most fun with Tamara and that she loves Phaedra. And she, we've even seen her and Phaedra hanging out a lot recently too. So the new season should be airing on Peacock this March. The, it's saying everybody's saying spring. I happen to have heard from people close to production on that season that it's probably going to be coming out in March, so that's not that far away. That's gonna be here before we know it. It's gonna be here, you know, in like two weeks. Okay, let's get ready, let's do it. Do it to it, do it to it, it. You're doing it well. All right, well muchas gracias thank you guys i love you guys so much and i appreciate all the love i hope you are going to kill it this year 2022 is gonna be our year no more broke dick let's get it we want rich dick love you guys give me a follow at just plain zach if you want to keep up with me follow the show at no filter with zach if you're watching this on youtube thank you hi guys you can see my cute face and my beautiful brows um please hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Leave a comment below with what your thoughts were. Are you excited for Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2? How are you feeling about Jenny returning the Louboutin shoes? Would you have kept them? I don't know. Let me know in the comments below. Get ready. Book Club returns this Tuesday. We'll also be going live this Thursday. We have a new episode this Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Full content. The rebroadcast of Thursday night will be dropping on the podcast on Friday. So if you miss it on Thursday, you can always catch it on Friday. But all right, guys, I am going to send you off for to have a killer week. And I just think that this is going to be our year. We're going to kill it. Hope you get some no filter rosé. Get stocked at nofilterwine.com. 14% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. Go and stock up right now. Love you. Mean it. Bye.